In today's episode, we're speaking to Elliot Callan. Elliot is the founder and the president of Prosperity Financial Group, an industry authority in finance, and a renowned contrarian investor with almost 10 figures um, in uh, assets and management. His firm has redefined success for countless professionals, entrepreneurs, and retirees by capitalizing on opportunities during economic downturns. Prosperity Financial Group makes smart investments when masses are fearful and running for the hills of safety. The firm's trademark, if it's money, it's personal. It reflects Elliot's commitment to personalized, personalized financial solutions um, unique to each individual. He's also the best um, Amazon best-selling author in business section for his recent book, Driven. Let's speak to Elliot and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. And remember, if you want up, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We're speaking to the one and only Elliot Callan. Welcome, Elliot. Great to be here. Thank you, Gul. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today, Elliot. Elliot, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I own a company. I own several companies now that uh, two of them manage money. That's what we do. We deal with high net worth clients and money management and portfolio world. Put the two of them together. We're just under a billion dollars. And so that's a fair amount of money. And then I'm president of a charity as well. Awesome. Fantastic. So you run a nine-figure company and you had a charity as well. Lovely. So tell us, Elliot, how did it all start for me? How did you, were you born into wealth or, you know, did you have your training? How did it all start for you? And how did you end up, you know, managing a, a nine figure, no, it's a 10 figure, sorry, a billion, well, a, a 10, 10 figure of a company? Yeah, we're not quite there, but pretty close to it. So mm-hmm. we're, this is my, my third company that I've started. Right. We started that. When I left college, I went to work for a big eight accounting firm. That was a really short period of my life that found out I shouldn't, I picked the wrong career. And uh, and I needed to pick myself up, and I ended up starting a packaging company. Okay. Uh, and then in 1987, I sold that company uh, to some people, to the people that worked for me. They wanted it. Started another company in the environmental world. Sold that company. Uh, started this company. Then started a second company, and then a charity. So we've started companies. I, I don't consider myself a serial entrepreneur, girl, but I consider myself an entrepreneur that likes to do things. My wife said recently to me, if you were to sell your company, what would you do in retirement? And I said, I'd start a new company. It's what I do. Yeah. I mean, so I, I start, I, go, ahead. go ahead. I start things. I like to build them um, and I like to finish them. 
Sounds great. And I, I really don't like the word retirement. I I, I just don't, I, I really don't see the point of it. If you love what you do, then why would you ever want to stop doing it? I mean, I have various businesses myself. And yes, some of them I will not continue doing in my later in my later years. So, but I would never call call myself retiring. I can't see myself retiring at any point in time. The one thing that I'll probably do to my dying days will be something like my mentor, Bob Proctor, which is coach people to the day you die. Uh, but I would. I don't see having a retirement age, so I'm not sure how. You know, I think a true entrepreneur would never want to stop doing anything because that's the whole point of it. The thrill of of starting, creating. You know, that that sort of keeps you going, doesn't it? I, I can't imagine not ever doing that, right? No, I, I think you're 100 percent correct on that. I would just do something different. I mean, yeah, of I, course you do something different, but you don't. You don't. You don't. Even now, I don't think you're doing it for the money. It's just for the creation. It's the process, right? It is. It's a lot of fun. What I do. I love my life. I've created, I think, a pretty good life out of this. Mm. Uh, we can talk about that. Uh, I, I think, I think at every every business you age out. I think, you know, I don't want to be a white haired guy in the industry at eighty years old mm. talking about finances to other white haired people that are eighty years old. I don't yeah. want to be that person. But I think there are a lot of great things that you can do and transition in life as I have. This is a third business, like I said, yeah. very different than the other two. I'm imagining there'll be a fourth business one day. I just came out with a book. I wouldn't mind getting on tour one day and and talking about leadership and talking about entrepreneurship and going around America and getting paid to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Mm. I do that a little bit now. It's it's hard to keep your ego in check when you're doing that and you've got you know 200 people in the room who are excited and want you to sign a book for them. And I signed a person's arm the other day for the first time. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> are you in the true celebrity sense, right? <laughs> And so you're, it, it's really wonderful. And you don't need to be locked into anything anyway. No. Everything has its end with you, not necessarily its end by itself. And you have to know when the right time is to move on and pass the torch to the next generation. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I completely agree with that. I think there's a, there's a, the, we, we have these cycles. And if you are a true creator, a true entrepreneur, and entrepreneurs are creators, you have that cycle when it comes to completion, you can move on to the next next thing and it works. So talk us through, how did you, you, know, you, you left your first job and you created your first company. What prompted you to start a company? Do you come from a, back, a company background with businesses or is it something that, you know, you, you're a first generation business owner? Well, I'm a first generation American. Let's start with that. Okay. Yeah. And so my dad was a small business owner, very small business owner in the ink and solvent business. His whole company was not much bigger than the size of my little office I'm sitting in right now mm. and a fraction of my large office outside of here. Uh, and he did that, but he made enough money through a couple of major inventions that he had to put my brother and sister through college and law school. Right. I didn't need his money for college because I had to pay for it for, from college, but he was able to do that. And mm. and I, I I had such an incredible relationship with my father. About And we talked every day about entrepreneurs and the failures and the, the trials, the tribulations, the challenges, the, yeah. the going backwards instead of forwards. And the, why don't it, not everybody has a straight line in life. And he didn't, I didn't. And his father was an entrepreneur who lost his business in the Great Depression. So in my mind, entrepreneurship is the exciting part of life. It's creating something out of nothing. It's getting mm-hmm. a vision and seeing it through. Um I took a test back when I sold my first company with a very large outplacement firm Mm. to see what I should be doing. You know, what, what should I, what career should I go after? And the test results came back and said, you're not really employable because you think too much like an entrepreneur. (laughs) Well, it was a true indication, wasn't it? It was was. was right. 
And I yeah. never forgot that. Yeah. I mean, when I when I hear you, I've I've been what you call you know academically excelled, and I was on paper I, I looked like the ideal um, client or ideal candidate for most roles because I am so academically able and I, I think strategically and But I know for a fact as an employee, I'm a terrible employee because I don't I don't my heart's not in it. I remember when I was working, I wasn't happy. And I you know I was a, I was a good lawyer, but I was it was because I was so good at doing things. But as an employee, I was terrible. I wouldn't looking back in hindsight, I wouldn't me because I am not employable. I think I think entrepreneurs in the, who are true entrepreneurs aren't are not employable because they, 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 their minds not in it, their hearts not in it, and you won't keep them long term anyway. Um, so I think great that's- respect for people that buy a McDonald's franchise. Every burger looks the same. You yeah. can do that. I could not buy a McDonald's franchise. Oh, same, could, same, same. <laughs> me too. I could make a better hamburger. Yeah, so, oh. you know, I, I can see starting a restaurant that has blue cheese and mushroom hamburgers as a special product and all these things. Yeah. But I wouldn't want every meal to be the same. I'd be bored with myself. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So let's talk through that. And I think that's a great, great point to start. If you have people, it doesn't matter if they're financially successful or not, but you ha- you saw these great role models, your father and his, and his father, t- who, who were entrepreneurs, and you are aware of the hardships that go with it. So far too many people, I believe, and we were having this discussion off camera, come into the idea and they, you know they see all these you know uh, mark zuckerberg and they see um elon musk and jeff bezos and they see all the success they've accumulated and you know and all the all the glamour that goes with it they are unaware of the hardship the blood the sweat the tears that goes behind that, that that's unseen for years sometimes years on end before they actually um, you know entrepreneurs you know taste true success so a lot of people come into the idea that oh I want to be an entrepreneur and they, they want the glamour but they don't want the hard work the hard the hardships that goes with it. How did you prepare yourself mentally for that hardship? Because it is there is no such thing as um, being successful as as a business owner without going through the peaks and troughs of entrepreneurship. How did you mentally prepare yourself for that? So it's an interesting question that you're asking, Gal, about how do you mentally prepare? I'm not sure you do. Mm. I think you you have a lot of trial by fire here. And it tests your mental strength, your fortitude. 100%. Uh, and of course, your aptitude is always being tested. Mm. So you're going to get beaten on. I've got be- I got beaten on. There are always cash flow problems or employee problems or employee lawsuits. There are so many things that even if you did everything right, you're going to have problems with them. It's just yeah. the way life is. Not everybody sees it the way you do it. Mm. You just see it. And I think that's just part of it. And you get tested and your metal, so to speak, you know, we're testing your metal. That's a U.S. phrase. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see what your level of fortitude is, is can you power through this and grow mm-hmm. and get better because you're being tested? And I, I think every entrepreneur who has had some level of success, and I think I'm I'm going to put myself in that camp. I think that you you look at what's gone wrong. You don't consider them failures. You consider them painful learning lessons because <laughs> entrepreneurs never fail. They just painfully learn. <laughs> And they do learn painfully. Oh, the pain. And you want to get better at, for instance, cash flow. You cannot grow your business effectively without running into some cash flow problems. You cannot hire 30 or 50 or 150 new employees without having employee problems. Yeah. You can't say, I want to save for retirement without saying, how do I fund everybody else's retirement at the same time? Yeah. And where does that money come from? So you're just going to have these challenges. Um, If you don't want to rise to these challenges, then you get a job. Yeah. And then you have other problems with your boss and a hierarchy and decisions may be made, maybe being made in a different city or different country about your future, or you get more control of it and you say, I'm willing to accept the pain. But 
what's the downside of this? And then and if you talk to entrepreneurs, go and I know you do on a regular basis because your show is fantastic dealing with current and future entrepreneurs, and they will tell you the same thing. Their sleep pattern is terrible. Hmm. I met, I had dinner last night with a, a company and they were telling me about that they brought a sleep expert in to talk to 150 entrepreneurs. And he said, Elliot, let me give you the test real fast on sleep. There are five key things you have to do to sleep effectively. And I failed all five. Hmm. I'm probably, I, I, I probably will fail as well, actually, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't sleep enough. I try, I try, and I don't. My thing is, can you pack a 30-hour workday into 10 hours every day? Can you do that? And that means that at 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning, you're thinking about the day that you just had and the day that's coming up hmm. and the problems that's still there that hasn't gone away that you know you have to deal with. Yeah. And it's painful because if it's personnel, it's really painful and yeah. you've got to face up to this. And so I, it, it's amazing. So I can't tell you how many times I'm up from two to four in the morning and I get up anyway, 445 to go to the gym that there's a lack of sleep. And that's what entrepreneurs face on a regular basis is how do I get my life balanced and in a world that's always out of balance? 100%. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And there's a this this word has become a buzzword, you know, life work, work life balance. I think as an entrepreneur, you really have to, um, you can work at it, but I, I don't know how many people, how many entrepreneurs are able to balance that out. I, I know that for me, I always blame the fact that, oh, you know, I'm a single parent and I never want to sacrifice my children. So it's either my work, I'm either focusing on my work or my children. And I work around my children. I fit it around my, my kids' lifestyles, you know, their schooling, their reports, their whatever. But I think that's still an excuse. I think because I am, I am an entrepreneur. If I, even if I, if my kids now they, they get older and they become independent, more and more of my time is dedicated to thinking about businesses. I had one business, then it became two, and then three, and four. And now, I'm, I, you know, it's, it's becoming a bit of a, you know, um, a bit of a, a bit of a you know, complex web. But having said that, but that's where my interest is. That's where my passion is. That's what I. That's who I am. And that's why I enjoy those tasks. I nobody tells me to um, to do certain things. I do it because that's fun. Nobody told me to buy this additional business. I do it because it's fun, or I enjoy doing it, or I want to do it. So I think that's a, and entrepreneurs like that additional challenge, and they they thrive on it. So what would you say to that? You know, entrepreneurs love the challenge. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Well, you've done a great thing and we do love challenges. That's We rise to challenges. Yeah. You know, I, in college, I was the kid that if you gave me three months to do a, a term paper, uh, I did it the last week. If you did it, if you gave me one week to do it, I did it the last night mm. uh, and got it all done, even if it was an all nighter. Uh, we just get it done. We love deadlines yeah. and don't put that deadline too far out in advance because that's part of the challenge. But if you're doing in a way you described it, goal, something that you love to do, then it's it's you don't view it as work as no. much. And then mentally, and that's a big thing for us, we are very much state of mind people. We have huge high lows. And I don't mean like bipolar high lows, but no, you know, sometimes you're just feeling really sad that it's not working the way you should, should be going or that you have to face this hard truth in your office and it's going to be ugly and I have to fire somebody or let some people go. Or I think, I think that that's the biggest I find in, in my life. 
cash flow issues and business issues. I see them as puzzles and you, know, you can work, find a way out. There's always a way out. I, there's always a way out. I find the most challenging is dealing with personnel. So when I have conflict or I don't think someone's in the right place, that is the most challenging of actually, and I and I go to extra lengths to not remove people, but I, obviously you have to at certain times. But I think that, I find that to be the most challenging, dealing with people and personnel. Every entrepreneur does. It's the hardest side of the business yeah. outside of managing cash flow. Yeah. Uh, it is, people are tough. And if you go in with the attitude, and I know you don't, but if you go in with the attitude that I'm going to find people that have the same drive as me and the same vision, the same goals no, as me, you're going, to be, yeah, you're going to be woefully disappointed. You have to find people that you can take the best out of them yeah. and that they're, they're bringing something to the table that you can also use. Uh, because most people, I mean, I had a complaint from my staff the other day. Uh, they said, you know, the problem with you, Elliot, in a nice way that we're kidding around, is that you have a workaholic mentality. Hmm. And I said, well, you know, my dad was a depression era child and World War II happened. And he used to say to me, you cannot make up for hard work. You can't make yeah, up for yeah. it. Yeah, I, 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 I follow the same philosophy. You can't. There's no there's there's no there's no substitute for for perseverance and hard work. There isn't. Um, yes, you can work smart rather than actually, you know, work like a donkey. But you still have to do the work. hundred percent. So if you keep that in mind and I, 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 I have this little voice in my ear, I have two voices in my ear. Well, this is my schizophrenic side of me. <laughs> the first voice is my dad's voice says you can't make up for hard work. And and it also always says, and, and never forget to take care of your family first. Yes. That's my dad's voice. Yeah. As you're doing with your kids and my children are now adults and are some grandchildren. And the other voice is my mother's voice that says that you can do better. Mm. You do better. Whatever you did on Tuesday, you can do better on Wednesday or on Thursday. And so that little, those two voices give me the drive to come to work every day and perform at a higher peak and make sure I'm doing it right. And then when you're taking care of your family, which is always out of balance, by the way, as you're learning, and most entrepreneurs learn, you cannot be a great father, great parent, a great business owner, and a great spouse at the same time. No, it has timings, <laughs> as yeah. I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'm also on my second marriage. And so I was divorced in there. And so you have to work every day at getting that back in balance, yeah. knowing and accepting that you're always going to be out of balance yeah. a little bit. And if you keep that in mind, then you're going to know how to prioritize when you need to be with your kids. You're really with your kids. When you need to be with grandchildren, you're really with your grandchildren. And when you need to be married and with your spouse, you're with your spouse. Mm. But when you're in work and you are 100% here, because you know that if you're not, you're going to be out of whack. Yeah. So if you can keep that in balance and work on it every day as an entrepreneur and accept the fact that you're out of balance, mm. instead of being frustrated or getting counseling or hiring a consultant because you don't know how to keep staying balance, if you can accept that and work every day at being in balance, you're going to really succeed as an entrepreneur. I, I As you're saying this, I'm thinking about my own life and I completely agree. There's a time in my life when I actually gave up um, and I, I took a break from, I'm a lawyer, my background is a lawyer. I gave up um, my my career because I wanted to have, when we were having a family and my my daughter came along and I went from being instantly, this is this is a female thing and I probably, you know, this is completely against the work agenda. Um, I, I really do believe that, you know, as females, we have certain instincts and certain desires and certain drives. As soon as I had, I knew I was pregnant with my daughter, I became a mom. There was, a, there was, she didn't, she came nine months later, but I became a mother as soon as I was pregnant with my daughter. 
and my drive changed, my goals changed, my things changed. And then for various um, circumstances ended up being that I uh, ended up becoming a stay-at-home mom. That time when I was focusing on their diapers, their activities, their homework, their this, that was a complete different side of me. But it was, it worked, I worked bloody hard for that. It was hard work. But my kids were number one priority and it was mommy's all, 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 all about food and clothing and, you know, being the chauffeur to X, Y, and Z. And then the time in life changed when I went back into the workspace and ended up becoming an entrepreneur, having a business. And slowly, first of all, there was a balance. And now slowly, 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 as my children are getting older, mommy from the kitchen has come out and mommy is more in the in the, in the world of the business and, and working in multiple businesses. So it's the same me, but you're right. The balance is different. It went from being one extreme. It hasn't gone to the other extreme because I'm still working around my kids because they're still 12 and 16. But I can see when both are at university, Mom isn't required for putting me on the phone call to support them every now and again. Then my focus will totally be on my business. But then that has to be, it will be that requirement in that time and age. And at the moment, I'm having some kind of balance between having being being a mommy and being an entrepreneur. But you do need to recognize you will have to sacrifice something at some stage. And I've always said, I'll sacrifice the work because I can come later. My time with my children will not. And they need to see their mother and their mother has to be present. So I've touched with my kids have always, as soon as I come home, there's mom's always there. And I've always been uh, at anything for my children. I'm always there. Well, you're doing the right thing. Cole, you're really doing a great thing. I mean, they're at critical ages now when with the pressure that they're feeling at school and friends and now stress, anxiety is at an all time high. And they're in a generation where those horrible things of stress, depression, even suicide are at all time highs. You need to be very present for that. But I'm going to tell you when I go to college, because I've experienced that, hmm. it doesn't go away. My mother used to have this great phrase. She said, little kids have little problems. Big kids have <laughs> I've big heard problems. That. Medium yeah. kids have medium problems. Big kids have really big problems and are all very expensive. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't hear about the expensive part, but I heard about the problem part. Yeah, for sure. I've heard that before. But you're going to deal with that. And it doesn't go away. I'm with my, I talk to my kids, uh, or the three-year-old twins now. I talk to them. My daughter almost every day, who's got a child now and pregnant again, and my son, who's way more independent, and I talk to him maybe twice a week because he won't take my calls the other days because I'm bugging him. Uh, but I talk about real life stuff. How are you doing with this? How's this going? And he knows, my son, who talks to me less than my daughter, I'm right there, concerned about him, worried about him. How can I help? How can I be my children's greatest cheerleader Yeah, all the time and to make sure that they're mentally healthy? Yeah, 100%, 100%, 100%. So let's talk about people who are listening to this and think, okay, Elliot, you've been very, you know, you've been very lucky and, you know, you you've, you you were able to do this. I don't, you know, I've tried business before. I've tried entrepreneurship before, but it's, you know, I've been knocked down and it's not for me and people are crooks. Because I hear this a lot, by the way, that there's a dog eat dog world out there and, you know, you can't trust people. I don't really find that to be the case. I think there are all sorts of people in the world and you can attract the right sort of people. Yes, you'll probably attract the wrong ones as well, but you can easily let them go. And if you expect good from people, a lot of the times you you attract people who are good. But so how would you respond to this individual say, well, you know, you're lucky you you managed to you know, succeed. I put all my hard work and effort into it and I still didn't get anywhere. Look, you can come up with all types of definitions of luck, you know, preparedness meets opportunity and so forth. Yeah. They've got these all in all these seminars on that. He's not wrong. There is an element of luck in success, no matter who you are. If you're at the corporate level, you're at the right place at the right time to get that job opportunity. Yeah. If you're at an entrepreneurial level, you have to pick the right opportunity in the right place. And some things have to fall into place for you. Yeah. If you do the hard work and you've got a vision and you 
write this out, how you want to succeed, then a lot a lot of good things are fall in place. And a little bit of luck won't hurt. It is true. Some people have no luck. Some people have all the luck. Um, I've got a friend of mine, super successful. He's pushing on his own world. He's pushing maybe three quarters of a billion dollars of net worth himself uh, that we grew up. And we neither one of us grew up with money. Um, I was high school quarterback. He was the running back. I mean, we were just happy to go out and play. But he would admit that one third of his success is just pure luck being at the right time, at the right place and meeting the right people. And then he did the best with that he could. Yeah. So it, it, he didn't just like wave it goodbye as it passed by him. He did a lot with it. Every person who has success in their life has an element of luck in that life. Mm. Uh, and But I don't want to say that every person who doesn't have success has no luck uh, because you still have to find the right opportunity and then exploit in the right way that opportunity. And then with a little bit of hope and luck and a lot of band-aids and a lot of hard work, you can make things work. But you're going to need perse- perseverance and fortitude and courage. And you're going to have to be willing to get a bloody nose every single day of your life while you're trying to grow your business and get back up the next day and get another bloody nose. Yeah, Because uh, that's what it takes to grow. And I think this is so important for people to hear. It's not an easy ride. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint-hearted. It is, it has its rewards, but it, it everything comes at a price and everything has, you know, nothing, there's no such thing as free lunch, as I say. You have to put the work in and you have to be, and you have to put, be persevere, you know, have to persevere through. I think that what I'm hearing from you is what I've experienced in my, in my, you know, in my life over the last few years as well is you are going to have the the highs are really high, the lows are really low, and you have to be able to, you have to run a balance. So when that, when it's really high, you have to keep yourself grounded and not to get overly complacent and confident. At the same time, when things are really, really low, you cannot go into depression. You have to just pick yourself up and just take, sometimes take one day at a time, but you have to get through those hard days in order to expect better days coming. And better days will come. You just have to carry on going and you have to persevere through. This is the, 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 the point that I think I'm hearing from you, and I agree with you wholeheartedly you have to carry on going you cannot let a failure and or you perceived failure to hold you back failure in my book is a failure when you stop trying when if you don't if you don't stop trying it's just a very expensive lesson and you carry on going and and, and, you, need a home, and you need a home life goal because that is going to be supportive of you yes occasionally getting a bloody nose rather than a finger pointing saying i told you so hundred percent. I think I think a supportive partner can make or break you for sure. And I think in that regard, I, I could be my experiences. I could be wrong. I think it's easier for men to find a supportive partner than it is a woman. Um, I think it, women entrepreneurs, if they do have supportive partners, that's fantastic and brilliant because there are amazing men out there who will support their their, their wives. But I think it's usually. Uh, if it's female entrepreneur, um, it's it's usually the fact that she's either single or she's you know divorced because of various of the reasons. It's it's not it's very difficult to get that that kind of support that you need from your partner. It's out there, but it's 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 few and far for women. But men, I think there's more there's more chance of getting a supportive partner. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you could be right. I, I don't know the statistics on that. I do know I went to a seminar years and years ago. You know the Anthony Robbins yeah. type of seminar. It wasn't his. And there were about 400 people in a Marriott ballroom. Mm -hmm. And it was an entrepreneur type seminar. I've been to many of those in my life. And the the host stood up and he said, how many of you are entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. And everybody's hand went up. And how many of you have a spouse that doesn't really support you as being an entrepreneur? And there were hands that went up. Mm -hmm. And he said something. He said, I'm going to tell you something very controversial. 
if you're with somebody who and you want to be an entrepreneur and they don't want to support you and you don't come to an agreement, you're not going to be married. 100%. Yes, yeah, yeah. Drive. yeah. 100%. 100%. We agree on that. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up. We have to be back, uh, Elliot, for Money Talkies because it's a fascinating conversation. We can carry on. But for now, let's wrap this up. So tell us, Elliot, how can we find you? Where can we connect with you on the internet? Great. The website is prosperityfinancialgroup.com. And my email address is Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T, at prosperityfinancialgroup.com. Wonderful. So if you're listening us to us on the podcast, the link that Ali has just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the links for you to go check him out and see how he can help you and uh, see how he can support you in your business. Well, thank you so much for coming today, Elliot. It's been a fascinating conversation and we'll have you back on Money Talkies. But for today, thank you so much. Great being here, girl. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Elliot today on Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.